What's up, guys? So in today's episode, we are going to go over the Arizona Cardinals and how basically all of their relevant fantasy football players stack up compared to their ADP and what I recommend doing for each of them. Starting off at the quarterback position, Kyler Murray, reigning rookie of the year, Kyler Murray, that is. Um, so Kyler is being drafted as QB6 in the fifth round. I obviously, if you guys have been following me at all, you know that I'm not big on drafting quarterback that early, especially in this season. So I'm going to avoid Kyler Murray personally, but for those that need other reasoning because you like taking quarterbacks that early, which is totally fine if that's your philosophy, here are some reasons why you should be a little bit hesitant on Kyler. Last year, he had six games with zero touchdown passes. He also had another six games with less than 200 passing yards. From week 7 through 16, he was QB 17 in terms of points per game. He finished 2019 as QB 12, and I only go one th weeks 1 through 16 there. I don't know what he did in week 17, but it just skews numbers when I take that week into consideration. So he was QB 12 in my mind. Um, yeah, I mean, Kyler is a promising young player. He's good. Okay, I don't want I don't want this to sound like I'm bashing him, but I also think that it's it's fairly possible that he is this year's Baker Mayfield. We were a lot of us were drafting Baker Mayfield in the fourth and fifth round last year. He's the former number one overall pick from Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley's offense. He he now has Odell Beckham Jr. He had a good rookie season. Um, he's going to take that leap. Sound familiar? Kyler, same thing. First overall pick from Lincoln Riley's offense. He's with Kingsbury over there in Arizona. He had a good rookie season. Now they added DeAndre Hopkins. I don't. I. I don't know how this story ends exactly, but I do know that I would be. I would be a little bit careful if I'm talking about drafting that guy in the fifth round. I think that the philosophy that I try to live by in fantasy is you draft a guy for his floor while being cognizant of his ceiling. Kyler Murray's floor is a guy that's going to fail to score a passing touchdown and fail to pass for over 200 yards, potentially as many as six times in a season. Even if we assume he got better, which he of course probably will, we, we all, I mean, another thing to consider here is, defenses are going to get better at defending him but if we just assume that kyler gets better he takes that number from six times to only three times per year where he's where he doesn't score a passing touchdown and he also throws for under 200 yards you know that's realistic but where does that bump him up to qb9 that'd be my guess i'm not taking a guy that his floor is qb9 or later i'm not taking him in the fifth round so that's just my thoughts on that now, for some positivity on this Cardinals team, running back Kenyon Drake right now being drafted as RB13. He's available in the late second to early third rounds. Um, look, man, this guy, I know I don't like limited sample sizes. I like typically I always like to see a guy do something for a while before I'm ready to say take him in the second round. But with Kenyon Drake, he averaged since going to Arizona, which was the final eight games, and he played San Francisco twice in that time, he averaged 5.2 yards per carry and averaged one touchdown per game. That's very good. He caught 50 passes last season, something people don't talk enough about. The guy can catch the football. He um, also, something, some things to consider. The Cardinals had and were paying 
David Johnson a significant amount of money. They were a team that was out of the playoff mix at this point in the season, yet they still traded for Kenyon Drake. Um, they didn't give up a ton for him. I think it was a fourth-round pick, but the point is they had Chase Edmonds, who just came off a game where he had like 27 carries for 120-something yards and three touchdowns. They had David Johnson, who was reportedly basically healthy, except maybe he needed another week or two at most to be like back to David Johnson, who he was in the beginning of the year. My point is when you trade for a running back at a position where you you appear to be stacked on a, in a season where you're clearly not going to the playoffs, meaning, you know, you're not trading for a guy to just get that one, your one player away type of thing. So all those things considered, and now we've seen the workload since Drake has been, a Cardinal has been very high and he produced at a very elite level. And now they've made him the sixth highest paid running back of 2020 for his option. And um, yeah, man, I think that that shows that the Cardinals are very, um, I, I don't want to say very invested in, into Drake, but they are pretty invested. They're, they're serious about it. They traded David Johnson and they ate some dead money for doing that. So I think that that all that tells you they plan on getting him the football more and more. So Kingsbury over the final half of the season two, and this may, who knows, maybe this was because of Drake, but Kingsbury adjusted his game plan. And instead of passing it 40 plus times a game, he became more of a very balanced attack, very more run heavy scheme. And that's another reason why I like Drake and don't love Kyler Murray. I think the Cardinals are going to be more run heavy than people think. So for all those reasons, I'm totally fine drafting Kenyon Drake in the in the mid to late second round. If you get him in the third round, you should be arrested for stealing. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver five, is what he's being drafted as, late one, early second round. So D-Hop's the man, right? He finished 2019 as wide receiver five in points per game at 14.5 points per game in half PPR leagues. He's had five straight seasons with 150-plus targets, over 1,000 yards in five of his seven career seasons. Um, some things that kind of made me raise an eyebrow, last year Hopkins had his lowest average in terms of yards per catch of his career. He averaged less yards per reception than Michael Thomas at 11.2 yards per catch, down from 13.7 in 2018 now that could have been partly because of the way bill o'brien was using him a lot of, a lot of work from the slot um a lot of quick game and stuff like that which i don't know why you'd want to use deandre hopkins in that way but he had in 10 games last year hopkins had zero touchdowns he played all 16 so in 10 zero touchdowns and he had seven games with 10 or or more targets so only seven of the 16 that he have 10 plus targets. Now I'm not saying that to be nitpicky. I'm saying that because he's being drafted in the late first, early second round. Now I know I made a Kyler Murray to Baker Mayfield comparison um, in terms of their quarterback, but I think that Deandre Hopkins is a guy that there's a chance of him being this year's Odell Beckham in terms of where he just does not produce 
he does not return value as a first round pick. I think a lot of people are getting really excited like we tend to do, which is why emotion ruins fantasy football teams. When we get that that positive emotion and you're like, oh, Kyler was rookie of the year. Kyler's going to be a beast. And he now he has DeAndre Hopkins up. Oh, it's that easy. That kind of math and football, pro football, that doesn't work out typically, right? Like it's not always that simple because here's some things to consider. Defenses are going to be more um, equipped to defend Kyler Murray and that passing attack as a whole. So I think it's very important that Cliff Kingsbury continues to run the football like he did down the stretch. Uh, number two, Kingsbury showed that they're going to run the ball more. So unlike Freddie Kitchens, <laughs> um, I think Kingsbury will do that, which will take some opportunity away from Hopkins. And also factor in, they have Hakeem Butler, who was injured last year. I think he was a third round pick. He he's coming back, another wide receiver. He a lot of a lot of us in the draft community were high on him coming out. I was very high on Butler. I think he's got a chance to be a really legitimate player, a starting caliber player. And they also drafted Andy Isabella in the second round of that same draft. So my point is not that Butler and Isabella are going to take Hopkins work. My point is there are a lot of mouths to feed and there may be less opportunities to go around than where you're drafting him at and where most people think. So um, for me personally, I would take DeAndre Hopkins happily if he fell to round three. I'm aware that that's not going to happen. Therefore, he's going to fall into the quote unquote guy I'm willing to miss on category. Um, all right. So another guy, let me jump back to running backs for a second here. Chase Edmonds is a guy I told you earlier had 27 carries for 130-something yards and, and three touchdowns in the game against the Giants. Uh, Chase Edmonds does not, in my opinion, does not have any standalone value in fantasy this year. But what he does have is high-end handcuff value. So if particularly, let's say Drake is crushing it early in the season, I would go ahead and pick up Edmonds if you have the roster space. Is you know, as early as you can. You don't have to draft him, but I'd I'd want him on my team because what we saw from him last year showed us, at least in a very small sample size, that Edmonds has a chance to be a very high-end RB2 commodity if anything were to happen to Drake as it did to last year to David Johnson. So um, I think that Edmonds, and also Edmonds can catch the ball too. He has that ability. So and there may even be a chance that he he has some matchup flex appeal. I don't think so, because I think it'll be a lot of Kenyon Drake. I think Drake will play 60-plus percent of the snaps. But, like I said, at worst, Edmonds is a guy that's going to be a very high-end uh, handcuff. And I think that you should definitely have him on your team if you have the roster space. So, don't draft him, but uh, as a guy that you just want on your team, especially mid to late season you you want to have them just in case running backs do tend to get a little dinged up here and there so Edmonds is a guy that could really be a fantasy saving player um season saving league winning type player if you have him at the right time all right Christian Kirk at wide receiver he's being drafted as wide receiver 38 in the ninth or 10th rounds I think that's really about right for Kirk in the final um Sorry, in the first, I mean, the final 
five games, he did not finish strong. Final five games, he had four. He basically averaged four catches for 40 yards, did not catch a touchdown pass in those final five games. In the first eight games, though, he came out pretty hot when they were playing more 10 personnel, which may be more indicative of what, what, what will happen this year with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Kirk, and, all, and the other two young receivers I told you about. So um, Kirk was averaging nine targets per game over those first eight games, catching almost basically averaging six for 60 and half a touchdown per game. So at, during that time where it was more of a spread out attack, Kirk was very, very involved in the passing game. Um, so I think that uh, I think Kirk will be a flex. I think he'll be a reliable flex player, not a guy that has a super high floor or ceiling. But I think that if you draft him with the understanding that his ceiling is meh, OK, but his floor, he should be a guy that you can at least start as a matchup guy, a matchup based flex player pretty much every week. So in the ninth or tenth round, I'm fine with that. Um, as long as you're not passing up on Brandon Cooks or J.K. Dobbins for him. <laughs> All right, so moving on, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Legend was wide receiver, or he's being drafted as wide receiver 64, basically meaning he's not being drafted. He's going in the last round of drafts or undrafted altogether. Um, last year, he started off hot, almost nine targets per game over the first six games, for, uh, and he was catching about six passes for 71 yards. Touchdown every other game. So he came out pretty hot. Um, he was wide receiver 27 in that time, the first six weeks, and wide receiver 18 overall. So wide receiver 27 in points per game, wide receiver 18 overall in terms of just overall points. So in weeks 7 through 16, he was wide receiver 53. He was only averaging 6.8 points per game. So he wasn't nearly as involved and a lot of that again had to do with when they they about midway through the season the cardinals quit playing all the 10 personnel which is four wide receivers and they went to more of a 12 and 11 personnel attack which is basically two and three wide receivers and two tight ends with the in 12 personnel but larry over the last four games of the season caught only 53.8 percent of his targets and he had four or fewer receptions in every game totaling 155 yards receiving over the final four games so um my take on larry is if you can get him in which you should be able to get him with your last pick i'm totally fine with that like if you're for example if you're <clears throat> if you're not thrilled with, uh, with the way your receivers depth is looking it's, there's no reason you shouldn't grab Larry with your last pick. And at least, especially if you have some young receivers, you can potentially start Larry Fitzgerald early in the season. And then if he's not still able to produce later, you, you can get rid of him. But by that time, hopefully your young guys will get going. So um, I think that Larry is pretty much a flex matchup based flex. And that's kind of floor and ceiling. I think that's pretty much who he'll be. Um, or he'll be a guy that you really can't start. So I, I don't want to see a Larry Fitzgerald that we can't start because we've never seen that before. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, like I said, he's worth taking with your last pick overall. So the Cardinals don't really have a tight end that I think is going to be fantasy relevant. So we're just not going to really get into tight ends. Um, but Andy Isabella and, and Akeem Butler are guys that, 
young guys with potential that have a chance to be involved, especially Isabella, I would say. I like Butler a lot more coming out of college. But Isabella, in the situation in 10 personnel, I could see him being just that other guy in the slot opposite whoever they put in the other slot. But um, I think that Isabella has a chance to be more involved this year because he got that year of experience where he was actually playing last year, whereas Butler was injured the whole season, basically, and didn't get a chance to really play. And now we have this COVID-19 offseason. So I'm not sure how involved Butler will be, but just from a pure talent perspective and athleticism, size, uh, I mean, he checks so many more boxes than than a lot of guys really in the league. So keep an eye on him. You don't have to draft either one of these guys, but I think you should definitely keep an eye on them and just monitor their targets and the amount of routes they run early in the season to see, you know, if you're looking weak at receiver, um, just keep an eye on those guys and potentially you could just probably just add them because I don't think they're being drafted. Um, Now going to the defensive side of the ball, first and foremost, let me say this. Do not draft the Cardinals defense. Okay. Last year, their passing defense was bad. They allowed 38 touchdowns to only seven interceptions, allowed eight point, um, sorry, eight yards per attempt, yards per pass attempt, and 72 pass plays of 20 or more yards, which is tied for the worst in the NFL. So it was not good. Uh, Patrick Peterson did miss some games early with uh, suspension. But when Patrick Peterson came back in, Later in the year, he was not very good. His numbers were, he got lit up a little bit when he was targeted. So maybe that was a new system combined with late start to the season type of thing. Um, he did make some impact plays here and there. And the Cardinals as a team did have 40 sacks last year. I think there is definitely room for improvement this year. I think they will get at least 40 sacks again. And I think their pass defense will be better. But if Kingsbury runs the ball consistently all season long, I think that will also make them a much better unit. But again, they're not one you want to draft. But if you need one to stream, like let's say in week three or four, just pay attention to what they're actually doing because the perception behind them is going to be that they're not a good defense. But they have some talent there. Chandler Jones, my guy, Patrick Peterson, they have talent. And if they, if they can... If they put it together, they could be a decent unit and one that is worth streaming. So just pay some attention to them. All right, guys, I'm going to um, drop another podcast later today on my top five rookie running backs uh, in terms of fantasy value for 2020. So look out for that. And if you want to talk about any subjects with the Cardinals here, DMs are always open on Twitter. It's at FairShakeFB and on Instagram, it's at FairShakeFootball. I appreciate you guys listening. All right, later.